Let's begin in 23. Throw it in here. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. In other words, now my time has come. Many times he would say, my, not, my time has not come, but now he says, now it has. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains or it abideth. What does it say there in the King James? Alone. But if it, what? It produces many seeds or much fruit. It fit dies. I believe the title that God has given me, and some of you saw it out in the marquee, has, is one of the most unique titles because it goes right along with the sermon God has given me. And he's given me all kinds. The death of loneliness. Unless a seed, unless a person dies, he's lonely. He remains alone. Father, I pray for the death of loneliness in our lives, this church, in our community, in our world, in our Victory Arch Ministries. Let this be a seed, Lord God, that we would learn the precepts, the principles found in your word and decide to just die to self and thereby annihilate loneliness in our lives. We don't want to be lonely. So many songs are written about that. Lord God, country songs deal with loneliness so much. Lord God, love songs deal with loneliness. But Lord, you have the key to destroy loneliness. Let us learn that today and decide not to be lonely no more, but to give ourselves away. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Oftentimes I've spoken the fact that uh, I've told people, you really got to stay with me on this one. And I've said before, some of the, you know, the sermon will be like going through a, uh, uh, what do you call those, the rapids or whatever. This sermon will not be like that. Okay, because sometimes I have some sermons that I say, stay with me because you could jump off the, the boat. Remember, you could, you could get off the boat because I could make a turn in the sermon and, and it'll lose you. Uh, and then you have to get back on what happened here. This one is not going to be that kind. But you're really going to have to stay with me to stay on the boat. Because this ride is just going to be straight down, this sermon. But you're going to have to really stay with me here. When I was in kindergarten, they taught me right away, put on your thinking caps. Did any, any teacher ever tell you that? What other teacher said that? Uh, put on your thinking caps, any, any teachers? Uh, see, that, that term got around. And it goes right along with the sermon you'll see at the end of it. Uh, dealing with teachers. Uh, this one, you're going to have to put on your thinking cap and keep it and bolt it right here. I believe this is going to be one of the most profounder sermons I have ever pre preached before. I didn't say deep, but I said profound. You're going to have to really put on your spiritual thinking caps. There's a lot of content in this sermon. And I can't help it. I told my wife yesterday, I hit a vein. I'm going to go with it. This is a sermon that you'll probably hear in a couple of years from now again because a lot of people are missing. And I don't want, this is a sermon that I believe people need to hear. And I'll put more salsa in it last, next time more chili because I've spoken it before. Um, but this is a sermon, it's a river straight down. Don't get bored, that's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you like a pastor should. Um, stay with me. Uh, you're going to have to use your nugget. Sometimes I go like this, sometimes I go like this. Today I go like this. Uh, and for you, those of you listening to the tape, I'm sorry. Hallelujah. Huh? Okay. Are you with me? Yes. Now, have you ever... Wrong sermon. Uh, this one was Here Lies Opportunity. I didn't make it because nobody would take it. Remember that one? Yes, Jesus. Oh, here we go. 
Give me to the right sermon, Lord. <laughs> Here we go. Man, did I really skip. The death of loneliness. See, you got to stay with me now. Uh, what a start we've already had. The Bible says, unless a grain of seed follow the ground and die. By putting this seed, okay, into the ground, you're placing a promise. You're placing potential. You're placing possibilities into the ground. Possibilities, potential, and promises are falling to the ground. Uh, that is what the seed is when you drop it into the ground. It's a promise. It's a potential. It's a possibility. Therefore, that seed, that possibility, that potential, that promise, when it falls to the ground, then it enters into fellowship with other forces. Are you with me? Forces that are found only in the ground. But if it abides alone, it can't come in contact with those forces when it's just by itself. Uh, only that are found in the soil, in dirt, where there's water, there's, there's, there's temperature, different type of a temperature. There's different types of soil, okay, that that seed get, comes in contact with. And when it comes in contact with those other, big key word in the sermon, with those other forces... Then it begins to germinate. We've covered that before, right? It begins to happen. All of a sudden, life produces. Things begin to happen. How many want to have life producing them? Uh, see, only because it came in contact with other forces. didn't stay to itself. But if it chooses, as the Bible says, to abide alone, then nothing can and nothing will happen at all because it's alone. It remains alone. Alone and by itself... It has zero power. None at all. Yes, it's got plenty of potential. It has plenty of promise. It has plenty of possibility. But by itself, it cannot reach that promise. Do you have promises in the Bible for your life? Uh, do you have potential in your life? Do you have possibilities lingering in here? But it's got to come in contact with other forces. The same biblical principle applies to you and I, human beings. God's greatest creation, you and I. We are God's greatest seed. Unless a grain of wheat, you and I, a grain of seed, falls to the ground and die. We have the greatest promise. You and I have the greatest potential, the greatest possibility that anything can have. We're living souls, living seeds. But as with that grain of wheat, if we choose to remain alone, that potential, that possibility never germinates. It never happens. Real genuine life doesn't occur. Uh, all you are is lonely. Ah. Uh, into yourself. That's what happens. We need to enter into fellowship with other people, other souls, into a greater humanity in order for this greatest of seeds to reach its potential. Did you, did you hear me? We got to enter into contact with other people, other beings. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and die, its powers remain untapped. And the great joy of harvest never happens. It never occurs. Unless you germinate in other people, the joy of harvest will never happen in your life because you choose to stay and abide by yourself alone. Except my life and your life is buried into society around us, then we are only imprisoning and blocking the seed within our hearts from really flourishing and blooming and growing. Are you still on the boat? We're imprisoning our, our, our self, our seed, that it can't go out there and do that it's, what it's supposed to do. We only end up being, as one writer once put it, 
The Fool on the Hill. Uh, how many remember the Beatles song? The Fool on the Hill sees the world going round and these eyes in his head spinning round. Uh, there's more to it than meets the eye. Hallelujah. Um, all, all we are is the fool, just observing, not participating. God doesn't want Christians to be like that. Without burial, there can be no resurrection. You got to die to yourself. Growth and maturity, expansion of, of that seed, of that life, it depends on that seed's communion with the ground. Depend, you have to have communion with the ground. Today we're going to have communion uh, with each other, one with another, and with the Lord. See, life never reaches its ripest and fullest potential until it loses itself in the lives of other people. He that loses his life shall find his life. Thus, my friend, the cure for loneliness is death. Uh, that's what the title says. Death, the cure for loneliness. Unless it dies, then it's going to be lonely. Losing oneself in the lives of other people. But loneliness is choosing to stay to yourself. That's what loneliness is. When you choose to just remain into yourself in front of the TV all the time. When I go, no, 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 I'm all right. Uh, or whatever. See, stay with me now. This gets a little profound. Actually, loneliness amounts to self-centeredness. If you're taking notes, write that one down. Loneliness is self-centeredness. That's what it all amounts to. It's a life simply into itself that never forgets about itself, that concentrates supremely on number one, and it never bleeds nor considers other people. It never bleeds for somebody else. It never hurts for somebody else. It abides alone. There's no thought of commonwealth, only my wealth. It's going to be worth buying the tape and going over it a lot, this one, I'm telling you. Yeah. Doesn't think of commonwealth. The commonwealth of America. The commonwealth of Victory Outreach. It just thinks about my wealth. That's what the church got to be careful sometimes when they're into the, the, the wealth mentality. Because you can get, my name is Jimmy and all you use is a rake. Hallelujah. Uh, loneliness is the life of the egotistic person. That's what it is. Egotistic. The man who, whose whole world is himself. I only have eyes for me. The fool on the hill. This guy, he always makes sure he takes himself everywhere he wants to go. He can never, you know, leave himself at home and look only to the wants and the needs of others. In other words, every, he takes himself everywhere he wants to go. I didn't say everywhere he goes. Only where he wants to go. Uh, he takes himself everywhere. He doesn't leave himself at home and look out just for the, 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 the wants of other people. No. He's got to be there. There's actual, there's an, a disease where people just spin and spin and spin in one place. Okay? Doctors have called this disease chorea. C-H-O-R-E-A. Some of you have heard about it. I think some movies have come like that. You've seen, I think, The Rain Man or something. Uh, there's a disease called chorea where a person just spins himself in one place. Egotism is just about something where the whole world spins in the same place and it spins only around us. That's what egotism is. It's where we're just spinning around in our own lives. Sometimes that spinning can be centered around our great talents. 
I got such a great voice, I can sing, 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 sing. Um, stay with me now. Okay, now I want to lose you. Um, that's what can happen. When we, in other words, we lose ourselves just in ourselves because we're so talented. We don't need nobody else. Watch me. Oh, I can preach. Uh, oh, I, I, I can play baseball. You ever seen those athletes? Now, I sit sometimes at the, at the, at the Oakland A's clubhouse. I go there, and I don't go inside, but I stand outside. Some of you have been with me. And we wait for the players to come out. And you should see some of those guys come out. They all come out like this. They don't even know because of their great talent. They become egotistic. Uh, I remember, I remember you know, hearing about one great preacher one time. And uh, I was you know, a young pastor in the Lord. And they, they, their denomination had a big, big uh, 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 conference like we're going to right now. And they talked about this guy. Oh, he, he was all dicked out, acting all bad, real, real nice. And he'd walk by like if, you know. He, and he was their champion. They called him their champion for that denomination. And he walked like his... That man had a great fall later on. He ended up having a great fall. Uh, because egotism. Even because he could preach so good. He was preaching all over the world. Television all over the world. Uh, but that's what egotism does. It's self-centeredness. That's what loneliness is. Must have been a lonely guy. I know he was a lonely guy because he started going out. <laughs> uh, that's what happens. Mm. So... Sometimes that'll cause you, because you're, you're so talented in some area, to spin only in one place. Then sometimes that spinning can be centered around a suffering. It's the total opposite of, 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 of talent. You're spinning around a suffering, some illness or a pain or poverty. Poor me. Look at me. I said, look at me. Can't you see that I'm suffering? Me duelan los callos, hombre. My... You know, I'm, oh, you ever see those people, you know, they, they barely nick themselves. Oh, 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 because they want attention. Egotism, self-centeredness. It's centered around a pain, a hurt. I can't, I can't do it. I've never been to school. The fool on the hill. This is where we insist we insist that we warrant people's attention due to our bad lot in life. Poor me. So we complain. We complain openly and loudly, trying to catch as many sympathies as we deserve. A profound sermon. Gotta listen to this. Huh? As we deserve. Now, stay with me here. The self centered person will always and continually slip into loneliness. Always, always. When you're self centered. And a slip into loneliness. It's the biblical law of God. See, it's a cold, dry, remote loneliness that, that people f find themselves in. Cold, dry, and remote. Because all the springs and lakes and potentials and promises found in that person's life are never tapped into. All the goodness inside here, the lakes, the, 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 you know, it, their life is dry. Because all the goodness that's really in there, like a Charles Manson or somebody, it's never tapped into. So they're lonely. Self-centeredness imprisons all that is good or could be used for the good within us. That's what self-centeredness does. It does not allow for the goodness to be tapped into. Now, uh, the springs of life within our hearts. All potential good can never come out. It can never be tapped into. It remains alone. It's in there because it won't die to self. If we want to live a vibrant, flowing, and growing life, 
a fruitful and interesting life, then we have to stop our spinning and move out. Stop all that spinning and move out. Get out of yourself. Get into the needs of the world. Out of your own little world and into the, 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 the greater, more interesting life of others. Others. I was in Santa Paula a few weeks ago and had a great time. You know, and some of you were with me. Uh, little Ricky's here. He was with me, hanging out, and a lot of people knew me. Oh, Stevie. They call Stevie. The way you know you're from Santa Paula, they call me Stevie. Well, my mano does that too. Uh, but I seen somebody, because my eyes aren't all that good. And I looked, and I thought it was my cousin. I was looking at different people going up to everybody. But I get there, and I said, oh, my God, this is not my cousin. And I didn't know who the guy was, but I knew I knew him. And, you know, they were having like a car show. You know, the hot August nights in Reno. Well, they were having one in Santa Paula. Uh, many August nights. Uh, and, and they were all there and a lot of people. And I see this guy tripping on a car. And then I said, but I know this guy, but it's not Johnny. I thought it was my cousin. And I said, wow, but it's not. So I went up to him and said, hey, uh, I was going to say, what is your name? He goes, what did he tell me? He said, you'll never know. You know? And, and everybody, all the people there started laughing. <laughs> And I just looked at him and said, well, that got you a laugh. Uh, before I would have done something else. Sorry. Uh, and I was never this big before. Now I'm this big. I'd have done something. Even with my pinky, I'd have done something to do it. He was all fat old dude, you know. <laughs> but I just, I, just, I just swallowed it and went, yeah, I'm a pastor, I'm a minister, you know. But it bothered me a little bit. I'm, I, you know, nevertheless, I live, you know. And I was going, I wasn't going to say nothing to nobody, because that's the way my pastors, I, I, I try to listen to Pastor Sonny. Sonny just lets it go. And so I tried it too, but I waited until everybody was gone, just me and my mother were alone. And I said, I want to dump it on my mom. You know, I didn't want Walter or Rick, you know, I didn't want anybody here. So I said, you know, I said, Mom, you know what, there was this guy up there, and I know who it is now. I didn't know who it was. I thought it was my cousin Johnny, it looked like him, you know. But it was, and I said the guy's name and the family name. And my mother looks, and she just keeps cleaning well, just cleaning. She just, and then she says, ah, oh, Esteban, don't worry about that. She says, uh, uh, nobody likes those guys because they're all into themselves. And I said, oh, mom, get down. You could preach this morning. <laughs> ah. She says, nobody likes them. They're so much into, see, they never get out. They never, they're always, they're always ish, you know, with, you know, with their head, noses up in the air. Uh, they're always into themselves. See, we need to learn to die to self and be born in the life of the brotherhood, of others. We must be born and germinate in another man's life. We got to find out about his or her interests, their joys, their sorrows, their pains, and their disappointments, their victories and their defeats. Stay with me or get the tape. Uh, we got to learn about their victories. What makes them tick? Get into their psyche, get into their lives. This man that I was talking to, he would never let us in. Because he's, you know, and he would never get out of himself. We must be born into our fellow man's world. That's what I'm trying to say. Get into the world. Stand where he stands. See what and how he sees. Look at life through their shoes. How does life through the eyes of a poor person, how does that look? We must be born into their world, the poor person. Then also we got to... You know, look at the life of the rich. Look at life through the eyes of rich people. That's hard for a lot of us. But we got to do that. What are the dangers and the pitfalls that await those people that eat out of a silver spoon and are served from a silver platter? 
What, what, what makes them tick? What are their dangers? Then the old must not neglect the life of the young. And the young must not frown at the old. The Pentecostal must have empathy for the Episcopalian. The Republican must entreat the Democrat. The black must entreat the white. The Mexican, the Mexican, hallelujah. We must die to self uh, and to our own agendas. It's worth getting the tape just for what I said right there, the Mexican, the Mexican, because they never get along. Uh, we got to be born into the lives of other people. Are you with me? In a word. And, and here's where it takes a turn. There's a little turn here now, this sermon. A little turn in the fork in the road here. In one word, we have to make room and give place to imagination. Our imagination. I want to tell you why. See, self-centeredness and egotism reign supreme whenever imagination is not used. When it lies dormant. Whenever imagination is not employed, it's when self-centeredness reigns supreme. Are you with me? Now, what do I mean that we have to use and employ our imagination? Well, imagination, here's where it gets a little more profound. Imagination is sort of like a prospector. That's getting deep. Sort of like a, an explorer of new worlds and new frontiers in other people. You've got to use your imagination to, to, to help you explore, to help you, uh, uh, you know, cultivate, to help you uh, uh, prospect other people's lives. Not just yourself. Get out of yourself. Imagination is faith exercising and using itself out in the unseen. Oh, that's deep. I'm going to read it again. Imagination is faith, because it's going to take faith and risk, exercising itself out in the unseen. Daring to go where no mind dares to go, by and large. Because I'd rather just stay home uh, and watch the Raiders lose to the Rams. Or the Niners lose to the Rams. Somebody lose to the Rams. Uh, that's what imagination would choose to do. See, exploring and forging new worlds where self has never dared to go. Because it's, it's easy just to stay into the four walls of your mind. Because self, self enjoys staying home with its bad old self. It, it never ventures too far away from itself. It hardly ever died to self and got out of its own little world. The man with little imagination always is very, very largely conceited. You ever see conceited people? Those are the people with little imaginations. They're all conceited. Me, myself, and I. Forget Irene. Hallelujah. Uh, small imaginations always live in tiny worlds. Stay with me here. Because when they do that, in a small world, self looks so big. When you live in a tiny world, then your stuff is, you, you're the big shot. You peons. Uh, because you have a little imagination. A uh, small world. But imagination, imagination ventures to take self behind the walls of other people's minds and other people's hurts. Imagination makes and creates, it, it makes us friendly and daring at the very same time. Ooh, God, you probably missed that one. Took me a long time to write it. Imagination makes us both friendly and daring at the same time. 
I might not know you, but I'm going to venture out in imagination, and I'm going to shake your hand. He's a pretty good dude. Ooh, he looks like Chicken George from A Street. <laughs> hey, my brother, get down. <laughs> He's a pretty good guy. I'd have never known it if I wouldn't have ventured out in faith. My imagination told me, do it. Get out of yourself. I remember driving with the, the guys from the Mexican Mafia. Uh, and there was about four of them in here, my, and myself. And we're cracking it. We're, we're having a time. Uh, and they were saying, yeah, hey, Pastor Steve, you're a pretty good dude. Okay. And then I, I remember I told them, listen, guys, if it wouldn't have been for the Lord, we'd have never talked in prison. Have, we'd have never known of this stuff. If you wouldn't have talked to me, I wouldn't have talked to you, unless you wanted me to. <laughs> then I'd do whatever you say, all right, you know. Uh, but we, 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 you'd have never known me because I'm from the north and you're from the south and I'm not from the M and I'm from the north, you know. But now, because of God, we venture out and we get to find out, hey, he's a pretty good guy. Because imagination makes us both friendly and daring at the same time. We dare to, to talk to somebody from another hood. You know, the guys from Dakota are pretty good dudes, George. They really, really are. Yes, they are. Ah, you're getting too daring over here now. Ah, ah. Aniva can come from the mission district and find grace and help in time of need in Hayward whenever he needs it now. Ah, because somebody was daring. Dare to use their imagination. Ah. Imagination dares to take us out of self to explore other people's lives. But when our imagination is weak, when our imagination is powerless, other people are only figures and facts. Other people are only flesh and blood and nothing else. When our imagination is weak and listless and doesn't do nothing, uh, then other people are just pawns in our, in our chess game. That's all you are. You're just a figure. Yeah, that's all you are. Just ties. That's all I care about. Huh? Is it? Uh, when we don't use our imagination, when, it, when, when you let it, let it sit dormant, all people are just figures in your, your big, big, big life in your little, little world. That's all it is. Thus, we occupy our entire world. You and I. You, and, you occupy your entire world. People like this are as irreverent and disrespectful as they come. Ooh, please don't get off the boat right now. You could right here. People like this that don't use their imagination, that don't get out of themselves, they are so disrespectful, so irreverent. As they come, they're grown-up two-year-olds. That's all they are, because they don't care about nobody else. Uh, we have a saying in Spanish, I don't give a noliace. That's a convict term. No one of those convicts are all like the way they are, because they don't care about other people, uh, just themselves. But imagination, it allows for us to look under the things of others that the Bible says. Um, imagination kicks us out of our own little nest where we have to learn a new vocabulary. Ooh, stay with me here. In other words, you've got to learn a new vocabulary now. Now, you can't be there. Orale, home, Shut up. We're in a new world here. What's going on, cuz? Would it be like cuz? Ah, uh, get out of that. You already know how to do that. Uh, I was, when I was in Santa Paula, I was with one of my old friends, and, and we were driving. We were in the backseat with Ed and Rosalie. And I was, I, later on, I talked to Ed and said, man, you must have been tripping Ed. Because we were talking some of that slang. You know. And I, Ed could, oh, my God, is that my pastor? You know? Uh, so I was scared. Hallelujah. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, 
But I've had to learn a new vocabulary uh, in order to create new friendships, get in the life of other people. Uh, we have to learn a new vocabulary. See, that old, lonely, little life, it didn't need to learn new things because it was locked up in self. These new things did not exist in that smaller world. But now, now with the death of self, a whole new beautiful world and vocabulary arises from the ashes. That's what it does. It arises from the ashes. Words like communion, fellowship, harmony, cooperation. Right, Menzo? You better learn those words. Because you guys live in close proximity of each other. I know, because I went through the home. I told you for the first time I got, I got my brand new Thompson Chain Reference Bible and a little van made for six people and there was about 20 of us. And my Bible, you know, big old thing. Because uh, you live in close proximity to each other. You better learn how to commune and communicate and get along and fellowship and harmony. Because if you don't, it's over. Uh, back to your small world. See, when imagination is allowed to work and to lead the way, then self has to die. And then, with the death of self, loneliness is well, is destroyed. That's the key to my sermon right there. Uh, when imagination leads your life to go out and work and, 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 and get out there where you need to be, then self has to die. You just can't sit there spinning by yourself. Then you annihilate loneliness. Why? Because there's a whole lot of work to go do. You got to get out of yourself and, and go out and be a Christian. See, genuine Christianity calls for that, where you get out of yourself and get into other people's lives. Husband into your wife's life, wife into your husband's life. Uh, get in there. Uh, interaction begins to take place. And that causes the death of loneliness. In other words, there's so much to do in Christianity, I ain't got time to be lonely. I'd like to be lonely, but I gotta go to church. I'd love to be lonely, but I gotta go to the conference. 17,000 others. I ain't got time to be spinning my life, hallelujah. Except the seed falls to the ground and die. It abides alone. You're lonely if you don't die to yourself. Oh, but if it dies, the scripture says. If it dies and interacts and fellowships and communes with others, it brings forth much fruit. I got so many friends in this world, right, Denise? I got all kinds of friends. Because I chose to die to self and get on a plane. Uh, go to other places and make friends. Fellowship. Thus, death to self not only cures loneliness, it also is the key to fruitfulness. It's the key to productivity. To bury yourself and to invest yourself in the lives of others is the, my friend, it's the, it produces real, genuine, quality life. That's real life. That's really living when you learn to die to yourself. Impartation equals multiplication. If I lost you, what can I say? Get back on. Impartation equals multiplication. Production. Productivity. Uh, any teacher can tell you what I meant by that. Any teacher. Remember I told you we're talking about teaching. Put on your thinking caps. See, if teachers keep certain truths only to themselves, that truth begins to rot decay and tarnish because they keep it to themselves. But when they give the truth away to other students, 
the potential for that truth to multiply increases greatly. Because you tell one person, then he tells another person, another person. And thank God, where'd you get that? I don't know, but it's great. And it can be used for God's honor and glory. Some of you were able to see that on Friday night when you came here. Um, the Filipinos, hallelujah. Because we gave, this church gave. It chose to die to itself and impart in another part of the planet. Now you have friends all over. Uh, now we have two churches and there's going to be more because some of you are going to go. Like it or like it. Hallelujah. Ah, There's got to be more where this came from. Hallelujah. And more where this is going. Are you with me? See church, when a church withholds the love and truth of God, it becomes just another club, just another organization. That's all we are. Because we're withholding the truth. Sectarianism. Ah, oh, we got the real goods. It becomes self-contained and self-sufficient and self-centered. We don't need nobody. We're self-contained. We keep everything to ourselves. But if the church dies to itself and it gets out of its own four walls, then and only then does it become apostolic and missionary. That's what happens. That's what Daryl is for us. He's part of our apostolic ministry. He's a missionary, more than a missionary now I call them. Him and Richard, I call them more than missionaries. I used to call them missionary Richard, missionary Dan, uh, Dan and missionary Daryl. Now, now they're more than missionaries now. Uh, because we chose to get out of ourselves. We become apostolic and missionary. For its own good, and even for its own benefit, the church must become evangelistic. Otherwise, we're, we're just hoarding things into ourselves. We have to become evangelistic. It must go out and explore and prospect among life's needs. We have to. The church must get out of itself. The church cannot claim a truth until it first proclaims the truth. Who If that ain't deep, I don't know. That's deep. The church cannot claim a truth until it proclaims the truth. Hey, I live this, man. It works. You need this. I need it. We all need this. Look out, I ran. I ran. I can do all things through Christ who turns me. Iraq attack, hallelujah, with the Bible. Here I come. Ah. But if we drop the ball and get only into ourselves, then we abide alone. And by failing to release and tap into our own potential and promises, we lapse into a chilly, winter-like Christianity. Oh. By choosing to remain to ourselves. We lapse into a chilly, winter-like Christianity. Cold, dry, humid, arid, excuse me. We find ourselves spinning too much in only one place. And thus, our life is a choria, not a gloria. That's how we become. Choria, not gloria. As we should be. But if we decide to get out from ourselves and to move out in faith to meet needs, to give, to be, to witness, then our seed, our church, when it touches others, when it touches the fellow ground or the fallow ground, beautiful explosions, beautiful germinations will take place. Germination, because we're touching fallow ground. In the book of Acts, chapters 1 through 5, talk about, and God added to the church daily. But then... In chapter 6, it says, God multiplied. The first five chapters, God added. But then in chapter 6, it says, God multiplied. 
Uh, why? How did this happen? Because now the church, the early church in the book of Acts had more amount of people in it. And it had more amount of people in it that were dying to self. That's what happened. Uh, they were dying to self with less loneliness. Because in a larger church, it's hard to be lonely. The more we knock down these walls, the more, hey, it's going to be hard to be lonely. It's going to be hard to stay into yourself. You're going to have to come out of your shell. Why do you think we have you shake hands as often as we do? Hallelujah. Uh, get out of yourself. Because then there's just so much to do in a bigger church. There's so much to do, so much happening, so much to become. It's difficult to be lonely when you have a greater amount of people dying to self. Oh, kalalala, sanda. It's hard to be lonely when Veto's dying to himself, when Esteban's dying to himself, when the homes are dying to themselves. When we're dying to, it's hard to be lonely because everybody wants to shake your hand. Uh, everybody, everybody's loving everybody. Getting out of self. Victory Outreach, I hope you get the picture. And I hope you're in it. Uh, the church never really claims the truth until it proclaims the truth. Let's die to self and get out there where the tire meets the road. My wife has heard that saying many times. I haven't said it in a while. But I was known in Pastor Sunday Church. Oh, that guy's where the tire meets the road. I used to say that when I was in charge of a group called the Vitals of Christ. Many of those people that were in the Vitals of Christ, we were not perfect, we were not scholars, we were not, but man, we were out there where the tire meets the road. We were, we were in Tijuana. We came to Story and King when you guys were cruising. Uh, we were all over the place. And the ones that really got into the Vatican of Christ, that really did what they were supposed to do of the word, they're still around today. They're all over the world today. Wherever I go, I see them because they understood that saying where the tire meets the road. They got down and dirty. They got involved. They got out of themselves. They died to self and did what they were supposed to do. Mando and Arlene, uh, Dolly, the pastor's wife in Albuquerque, uh, her, her, her cousin who's going to be going be the pastor's wife in Italy, uh, Loretta, all kinds of people that are still around today because they got down and dirty and died to self. Uh, learn to germinate in other people's lives. It's worth it. It is so worth it. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, dwell on the people coming from Manila and saying, oh, thank God for Pastor Stephen Tulsi. But that's something. That's something because we've been able to go over there and germinate in their lives. Uh, that's not what gets me going, but I get going. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Before we take communion, I want to pray for those of you very quickly right there where you're at. You see, the sermon was... Right down my river. I'm in that river now, and I don't want to get out. I want to stay on the boat. Unless a grain of wheat, a seed dies to itself, gets out of itself. The death of loneliness. If you don't, you're going to be lonely, even in Christianity, possibly even miserable as a Christian, because you're not living according to Scripture. The seed is great promise, great possibilities, great potential.
That's what a seed is. And the greatest seed is a human being. The greatest seed is a Christian born again. But not just born again by the Spirit of God, but born again in other people's lives. Unless we're born in other people's lives, we abide alone. And loneliness can be so, so, so boring. <laughs> Christianity is not designed to be boring. Those of you that are going to be going to the conference, wow. 17 to 20,000 people germinating, invigorating, flourishing, maturing, growing. And maturing has to do with the word, with seed. It's like finances when it matures in the bank. Seed matures and grows and evolves. I want to pray for those of you that say, Pastor Steve, I'm going to choose to fall to the ground and trust the forces of that earth, that soil, to produce much fruit, much friendliness, much friends. And I'm going to tell you, some of you are so friendly, but you haven't been friendly lately. When you were friendly, you had so many friends been staying to yourself why you don't got to if that's you here this morning you want me to pray for you God spoke to your heart to the sermon you want to die more to yourself I'm going to ask you to stand your feet right there where you're at before we take communion every head is bowed and every head is closed spirit of God moving to ministry the sermon was for me stand your feet right there where you're at